A GM saying the quiet part out loud. You may not like it, but he's right, even if it's not a good thing. And we're going to take a look at the Guardians' off-season to-do list and talk about their top priorities. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. We want to thank you for joining us in the offseason. We know that there are many sports choice options, and we appreciate uh, you coming and checking out Lockdown Guardians. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win a 100x your money. Download the Sleeper app, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get up to $100 match in your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And I want to remind you all again that uh, Lockdown excuse me, Lockdown Guardians, we, your team every day. And after the first break, I'll shout out in every day or Justin, how are you feeling today? Feeling froggy. Just my throat, actually. No, I'm good. Uh, playoffs are still fun. I, I, I picked Tampa Bay to go to the world series. That didn't work. So I, mean, I, I did in the off season yeah. as well. And that, that didn't work. Yeah. My predictions this year, as we talked about earlier this week, I have, have all been bad. So uh, I was, I was having flashbacks to, I think it was two years ago, where I got every single postseason game wrong um, until the World Series. I got the Twins series right, which I said on air, I didn't think the Twins were going to win, but I, on Twitter, I picked them to win. And just because of their pitching and the Blue Jays hitting has been so inconsistent. Now they get to play the Astros, and I don't know, conflicted about who is even worth rooting for <laughs> in that series, who's worth pulling for. I'm going to pull for Texas. I don't think uh, I'm, I'm rooting. I like Bryce over locked on Rangers. That's what I said off on off air. And I, um, Rangers, you're pulling for the Rangers for or the Orioles. Okay. Uh, Angela's such a terrible human being. Um, but then the other side is all uh, most billionaires are. I hate to tell you. No, I mean, you, <laughs> there's you not get, a whole lot of good billionaires. No, you, out nobody there. gets to a billion dollars without stepping on a lot of necks. Let's be honest. Anyone who's got a hundred million dollars was either an athlete or they, They've got uh, their terrible people. human being at some yeah. level. That's just the way of it. Um, so Speaking of terrible human, human being, we're going to talk about Bryce again. I'm kidding. I love Bryce. Like I said, I'm rooting for Texas just for all Lockdown Rangers on. Yeah. 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 No, uh, there are some comments, too, about Joe Madden, about interviewing him. I don't oh, think it's terrible human beings. <laughs> yes. I, I don't. I don't think Joe Mann, I'm almost positive Joe Mann's not on their list. I think we have a lot of right now. bridges that time in Los Angeles stuff <clears> came out and. Um. Yeah, I, he's not on their list. I don't think he's going to get a job. I think no. I don't think he's managing again at this yeah, point. He's done. Yeah. I, I I know that came up. People also asked about Kevin Cash. They're not going to fire him. And again, why would Ooh. you leave a better team? Tell me this: if the if the Rays go out and fire Kevin Cash, who are they hiring that's going to be better? Because this is how I look at all decisions, not just players, coaches, whatever, GMs, everything in sports. And this this is can apply to anything in life. If you're going to fire somebody from a position, you should first consider, okay, who is going to be better for this this role than the person we currently have? And on the Rays, I'm looking at Kevin Cash. There's nobody out there I'd rather have. Like, if you were a free agent today as a free agent manager, 
There are a lot of teams at least scooping up Cleveland. He would yeah. be a top Cleveland's list if he was a free agent, but he's not. And if he's a free agent, he wouldn't come here anyways. Let's be honest. No, <laughs> this is the Rays are a better. I mean, I know even but with their payroll situation, even the if, Rays are still a better situation. If right he now. was canned, like he could go to the Brewers, who are probably or not. Well, I don't know. They're going to lose a lot of guys. So that situation is is kind of rough. He could but go like to the, Nets. the Giants would be an interest. Like he's it, there's just more opportunities, and I think yeah. I, Cleveland is a fine position. It's not like I don't want people. You think Gary would push him to Cleveland if he was a free agent. No, I, you know I think a lot of people uh, will take what we say and be like, "See, see, no one wants to manage here." This and that's not what we're saying. But it's also not a top ten position. It's also not you know you're going to have to do more with less. There are some. The upside it's is still attractive position. It's not. It is. No, it's, it's not, not, not the best all. opening, but it's no. still a, a good. And, opening. They're not going to. They're not going to get a Manny Acta this time. No, and, and the other nice thing, honestly, about it is you know you get time. Like you're not just going to be. This isn't yeah, going to be. Uh, this isn't going to be AJ Preller with six managers in ten years, where they're forcing him to keep Melvin for one more year. Like that, San Diego is going to yeah. be bad next year. Like we can already call that. That that was dysfunction city, and they're keeping the dysfunction. They're going to cut. Isn't San, and... Yeah, this isn't San Diego. You know, if you come here, you know you get a good run. You're going to get a real opportunity. The Angels' job is open. You know, how about yeah. a job? Okay, would rather this is better than the Angels. Yeah, that's a, that's a conflicting thing, right? Like, oh, I could get Mike Trout, but I could also get one of the worst teams in the sport who never makes the playoffs. Mike Trout might only play 80 games, so yeah, there are much worse places to go in the AL West too. So yeah, no, no Joe Madden, and I don't think the Rays are firing Kevin Cash. And like you said, I don't even know if he would Cleveland be the top of his list because he'd have everybody interested in him. I bet he'd be in San Francisco because that the 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 underrated thing with San Francisco is they tried to spend last year and they didn't. They might go out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, was it Yamamoto is the Japanese pitcher? And I, you know, I saw a really interesting comment, which kind of stinks. Uh, I hope he goes to a National League team. But someone very smartly in our prospects live chat pointed out that if you sign one of these Japanese guys now, they're guaranteed to make your team. And they'll make a top 100 list. You're guaranteed to get a first rounder when you sign them. And they could easily be a rookie of the year, the year. right yeah. away. Or yeah. yes. So like now when you sign a player who is one of these, like in, in Japan has some potential elite free agents coming over this year, depending on where they go, that could hurt Banzardo, who I just wrote up today. And I, I, if we have time at the end of the show, I want to bring up a fact I discovered while writing him up. That's kind of fascinating about how smart he is as a hitter. Uh, I don't think we'll have time, but uh but on top of that, it's like it's really interesting to think about that, that that rookie of the year situation because of the new rules. Like you could sign a guy and not only do you get a great player at a contract, uh, but you get a first round pick bonus. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. All right. So if you haven't been living under a rock, maybe you didn't hear maybe you're not on Twitter. Maybe you didn't see Jerry DePoto's comments. The the Mariners president of baseball operations. Um <laughs> The comments weren't great. The way he, the, the phrasing isn't great. I don't we think they're actually, bad. I think this, I think to me, this is much ado about nothing. It is. And it is because I think a lot of GMs think, I think a lot of teams operate this way. Uh, he said, we're doing the fan base a favor, asking for their patience to win a world series while we continue to build a sustainably good roster. He operates with a 10 year plan to win 54% of the time. So what that means is, okay, you play 162 games, right? So over the course of 10 years, you are looking to, go, I don't know what the record is, but you're looking to win 54% of over 1,500 games, 1,620 games, right? That's a, in in the long term, that's a good thing to think about. Like that's, I would say 99%, I would say at least. 875 games, roughly. 
Yeah, well, out of six hundred, out of over sixteen hundred. So, I think almost all teams are operating this way. If they're not, like, there's a few probably goofy ones out there, like the Angels are weird, and who knows. I think most GMs think this way, and I think that's why everyone was kind of taken aback by his comments. And Travis Sawcheck, who Cleveland native and writes over at the Score, uh, he posted that um, the only teams that have won. 54% of the games over the last 10 years, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Cardinals, the Guardians, the Astros. It's not a big list. So Jerry Depoto isn't exactly uh, meeting his goals right now, which is why the Mariners are they are. But I, it's it, it's also hard because, like, if every manager thinks that way, it's hard to make a deal, right? Like, it's hard to deal with other GMs because they're not – they're kind of focused on the same way of, of roster building you are, so they may not – have anything to do with you in terms yeah. of trading. This is what the Guardians run into. And this is why I think it's much to do about nothing. I think it's a smart approach. I think this is the whole idea of like never tearing. But it's also funny because like a lot of people get ticked off. Some of these guys in like, uh, you know, Evan Drellich, I read his article on and I love Ellen Drellich, Evan Drellich, even though I can't say his name. Like he's one of my athletic writers I have favorited so I can find his stuff. But it's like, I feel like a lot of these takes are kind of off base. And I say that because people get mad when they, when teams fire sale. And what this is saying is we're trying to build in sustainability a year ago. They went in massive, like Seattle went in mm-hmm. and paid a high price for Luis Castillo. They went in and, and did the Jess Winker trade, which didn't work out for Jess Winker, but the Eugenio Suarez part worked out. Yeah. They were quiet. It's supposed to be a salary dump. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but you know, it's like they, they made those big, bold moves and they don't want to sit there and trade away. You know, it, it so many people at the deadline were trying to make George Kirby trades and that'd be just moronic. And they have a limited amount of talent. And I do think they'll be willing to make a trade in a year. I think that's why you go out and draft a series of prep guys who are not going to be there in time for your cores. And you get some interesting lower level trade. Like those three guys they drafted, it was an interesting draft class. They might have some trade pieces, but I think some of this year was rebuilding their minors, setting it up so they can stay successful and realizing that, you know, and again, this team spends in free agency. They they added Robbie Ray recently. It's not their fault that injuries knocked him out for virtually the entire year, right? Isn't he the wasn't he like three starts and done? I feel like wasn't Robbie it, one. It was after one. the the Guardians. Okay, it was one start. Season. So, but it's like, yeah, people got mad because they sold at the deadline by trading Paul Seawold, and that was a weird trade. I admit that, but. I think you have to be smart. You can't, if you burn it down to cinders, then you're looking at what the Royals are in. And that is not the right approach either. Unless you're going to truly burn it down to cinders and just, because the Royals didn't even do that. They held on to what Merrifield till they had no value. So you either have to go all in, which was the Houston Astros approach before this, their 10 year run, they were the worst team in baseball. Right. So I, I think he's, yeah, he's speaking out loud, which you're maybe not supposed to say, but it's also, it's a smart approach and Seattle still spends money. They'll probably spend money this off season. They went out and made massive trades a year ago. They didn't this year and they were a really flawed team. And I don't think one trade would have, I, I know they were close. So maybe a trade does help get them over, but I, I think, I think he's taking the right approach. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, I'll tell you why I think some of the comments were not great. Uh, we come back and one more thing on Depoto's comments. And then we'll move on to the Guardians offseason wish list. While you're watching the Major League Baseball playoffs, the Twins moved on, the Rangers have moved on, the Orioles have a ton of good hitters. 
Um, I would love to watch the Rangers and Orioles series and look at guys like Adolis Garcia, Evan Carter, who had a big series in Tampa Bay. Say uh, least. Anderson, Adley Rutschman. You could bet the over or under on stats for all those guys in that next round. You could do it for Twins players. Royce Lewis, guy keeps hitting home runs. Take the over on Royce Lewis. And if you do it on Sleeper, uh, you can do it to make 100 times your money on, on the payout on there. Um, so play with your friends or share with them and pick the over under on home runs, strikeouts, hits, uh, a lot of strikeouts in the playoffs. Pablo Lopez, good first round. So use the promo code locked on right now on, on the sleeper app, and you're going to get $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. <clears throat> And of course, as always, make sure you're listening to the MLB playoffs on your Sirius XM app because I know you're not watching games during the day while you work. I'm certainly not doing that. Um, okay, first off, the Jerry Depoto thing. If you were to give Chris Antonetti <clears throat> some true serum and ask him the same questions, tell me he would not have a similar version of this this take. It would be if if it's not 100 word to word, it's it's very it's a very similar philosophy, correct? Yes. Yes. I don't think that's, that's up for debate. I think that's almost guaranteed. He would have some sort of the same answer if you gave him true serum. The reason I think it's not a good comment to make, not only because, like you said, you're saying the quiet part out loud, whatever. Um, fandom is fickle. And people, you know, we said, you even said at the top of the show, people have a lot of options for how they spend their time, whether it's listening to podcasts, watching sports. Fans don't want to hear that. And that's the problem. Like, I get you want to preach patience, and I, I'm the same guy who says that I, I would not want to watch the Guardians if they went all Royal style because the Royals are bad to watch. There's nothing good about watching them. Like it's Bobby Witt right now, and that's about it. Or if you really were into Zach Grinke's uh, Sunday, I guess. But yeah. I'm not watching that. I'm sorry. I know people will say, well, if you win one World Series, it's worth it. And that's true, but there's still a lot of randomness in the postseason. So I'm definitely on board with what Jerry DePoto is saying, but the problem is you can't sell that to your fans. You can't sell it to say, especially with, with Cleveland or Seattle, we have two teams that have not won the World Series in forever. Have the Mariners even made the World Series for that matter? I don't, I don't believe so. I don't believe so, so. That's a hard. That's a hard sell to your fans. I, I get why he's saying, and again, I'm not disagreeing, but. Yeah, the quiet part out loud there doesn't work because you cannot sell it to your fans. It's not a good look because they have a lot of options. And, and you know, I understand wanting to go 82 and 80 this year because you're hoping in three years from now it pays off into 96 and 66 or whatever. But, yeah, it's a hard sell to your fans when you haven't ever – you have not won a World Series ever. You haven't been there in, in forever. So it's – uh, yeah, it's not the right way to, to market your messaging. Anything I, else on Jerry Depoto before we move on? Uh, part of the greatest Guardians draft class of all time in 1989. Uh, and uh, what was his guess, contribution? Uh, I mean, he had a positive war. He actually bounced around as a pitcher for a while. Yeah, he was I have a solid reliever. Um, was like one of those years in Cleveland. He had a really good year in Cleveland. He had one really good year in Cleveland. I can't remember what year that was. Uh, but I, I, he was, uh, I, again, I think this is, I don't think it's a big deal people are making out to me. And I'll, I'll stand by that. I don't think it is either. I just don't think it's it's a wise message to sell to your fans because especially when you're the Mariners. And, and like you said, the Mariners, the Mariners have done a good job of... The, the fans go back. They've spent. They're developing. 
You know, yeah. they, here's still, the problem. And that's a good fan base. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm not saying Seattle specifically, I'm saying as a whole. And the bigger I bigger problem I, I think occurs is we saw this with the twins a few years ago. We're seeing it with Cleveland this year. We're seeing it with Seattle this year. Teams that maybe we might see it with the Reds. Like the Reds didn't kind of fall victim to this trap of when you start to get there, maybe a little too early because of other conditions in your division, like Cleveland, let's be honest. The reason they kind of bubbled up last year on top of the great play was the fact that the twins rotation was the worst in baseball. Uh, and they had the health that we had. They had the health in their uh, starting pitching that we had uh, this year. So, you know, next year it could be more of a competition, but sometimes teams peak a little too early and then expectation jumps and, you know, it's that's the IL team. It's the same story from the offseason. They, they have the yeah. same problems to fix. All right. So we're going to take a look real quick at our, our offseason to do list for the Guardians. This is the we took a look at some of the things we think they need to address over the offseason. And we're going to rank them in order of importance. So um, we probably both have the same number one. I'll say mine. It is <clears throat> find. I'm, I'm going to say find at least one to start outfielder better than Stephen Kwan. It should be two. Um, but I'm, I'll start at one. I'll say find at least one outfielder who is better than Stephen Kwan. This is not to knock Stephen Kwan. It's to say that he should not be your best outfielder. Stephen so, Kwan would not start for every team in baseball. Let's be honest. Like he's fine. Like you're not looking to replace him. He's fine, but he would not start for no. every team in baseball. So I'll uh, start at one. I'll say you need to get at least one outfielder better than him. I'd like to, but if you start at one, you at least give yourself, you have options to, to fill number two. So that's my, that's number one. That's, that's number, number two one. for me. Well, which number me. one? Uh, new manager. Like, okay, I'll explain that, why, why. Getting that and really one. nailing that down and giving that person, if you believe in them, full control and power to hire their own staff and do their own thing and giving them the power that, listen, I am not a big Dolan supporter. I used to be. I used to be. I'm the person who, who was died in the wool. Uh, listen, it's an ownership group that's out there to make money uh, more than anything else. But the one thing they do super well is they get out of the way. And if you're the manager to a degree, I know it has to be collaborative, but you also have to empower that manager the same way they've been empowered. So I hope they get a manager. I hope it's someone external, someone who's smart, someone who's going to you know be less afraid of risk, take some, be a little more, uh, you know, 2023 20, about managing and a little less, you know, 1999. Fair. I have manager for their down. I'll explain why when I get there. Um, <clears throat> number two for me is address power shortage. This is not position specific. Like if you think it's if it's uh, Kyle Manzardo, it's Kyle Manzardo. Whatever you do, and, I, and this this ties into number one too with finding an outfielder better than Stephen Kwan. Because <clears throat> let's be honest here, they're stuck with Miles Straw next year. The only way you're getting rid of Miles Straw is if you are taking you're on somebody else's back. You're stuck contract. with him for three years. Like that's yeah. How well, and, yeah. Okay. And, and, and that contract goes up in cost every year. Like, yeah. If you haven't looked at it, it's an escalator-based contract. So he he's making he's going to make like eight million dollars in the final year, and you're just stuck with that. Yeah. The only way you're getting rid of him is if you take on somebody else's bad contract, yeah. like they did with uh, who was Gene Segura. Like that's the only way you're making yeah. that trade. Yeah. The Chris Johnson and Gene Segura. <laughs> there is one small outside chance you can find a team like the Washington Nationals that might have wiggle, and you could do something like. 
Miles Straw and Tyler Freeman for like um, <laughs> <laughs> no for like a, a box of balls like where you essentially give a prospect to get them to take on. Oh, I see what you're you know, saying. Or, you could, yes, you or could like a, that, but you know, or like a Kyle Finnegan, maybe you get like a somewhat. I, I don't even think Finnegan's good. I don't even really want him, but like you know, maybe you get a, a extra relief piece and and do that. But that's what the only way I, that gets done. I have that on my list too. But address power shortage, whether that's. The one, at least the one outfielder they need to find better than Stephen Kwan, whether it's Kyle Manzardo, have a plan to address the power shortage. If you haven't watched the playoffs so far, um, Bryce Lewis, all the home runs being hit in the the Diamondbacks Brewers series, like the Phillies, power. There's two. There's three things in the postseason baseball that are most important: power, strikeouts, and defense. Got to play clean baseball. That's why Tampa Bay is going home. You got to strike guys out. And you got to hit for power. Right now, Cleveland has the defensive aspect down pat. They don't have the power aspect, and their strikeouts are kind of low, which I have that on my list as well. What is number two on your list before we? Um... You're number one. Okay, so your number two was my number one. Yeah. Okay, all right. I will give you. I have. I have two. I have. I have nine total. So I'll give you three and four in just a second. Okay, Locked On Guardians fans, you may have heard us talk about the new free app just for sports fans called Bunches. Bunches is a new social network built for sports fans. No politics, no doom and gloom. Uh, it says unless you're a Yankees fan, but let's be honest, that's all fandom. Uh, just sports. They've recently released a new scoreboard feature that lets you check live scores in the app and chat about live games as they happen. You can chat about the Guardians and join the Locked On Bunch by clicking the link in the show notes description to get the app or go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches today. Download the Bunches app when you do. Our friends at Bunches have featured Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can click the link in the description slash show notes to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. Keep your serious XM app available to listen to. I don't think there's going to be any Game 3s in the uh, Wild Card Series. There might not be any games tomorrow, but you can listen to the playoffs all postseason long on the serious XMF. Okay, so number three on my list is help the bullpen gain can regain consistency. Now that could be adding a player to the adding a pitcher to the bullpen to kind of shore it up, which I would like, depending on where it's coming from. I'm not saying sign a free agent because signing relievers and free agency is a fool's game. But it could be a trade or it could be a you know a minor league signing, whatever. Or more more importantly, figure out what the heck wrong, what wrong with Trevor Stefan. Help Class A fight the pitch clock issues. Do whatever you can to help the bullpen regain consistency because aside from defense, power, and strikeouts, a bullpen in the postseason is incredibly important, and we saw that last year with the Guardians. They need to refine that consistency. And I have, real quickly, I have find the right, the right manager number four. Here's why I have manager number four below all those things. Because whoever you bring in as manager, it's not going to matter if your best outfielder is Stephen Kwan, if you can't hit for power, if your bullpen is inconsistent. All these things I just mentioned that are top three on my list, it doesn't matter which which manager you bring in. You can't have a manager bringing in Emmanuel Classe. This is a manager-specific thing. You can't have a, man, a manager burning Emmanuel Classe 70 times a year because he's playing, you know, 71-run games. You can't have – because you can't – you know, you don't have other relievers you trust because you can't hit for power because Stephen Kwan's your best outfielder. You have to address all those things so your manager comes in and can make decisions without those things looming over his head because well, 
or you're just going to blame. You can't blame the manager if if you're giving him those problems to to deal with next year. Or you get a manager who's a little more creative and can handle those situations, use more. Okay, but creativity guys up and down the lineup. I'm not saying it fixes anything, but uh, I think. And I've said Great, this for a few years. I, a 20 home run hitter. No, but I think, you know, if you're a little more open to platoons, if you're a little more open to moving players up and down the lineup, if you're willing to do something more like what Cincinnati did this year, I do think that is probably worth two to three wins. Or, but is that a roster decision or is that a, is that a manager decision? I think that's a manager like, decision. I mean, he, I, I mean, Tito straight. Those said, players like, have to exist first. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tito was also one who, who played a shortstop in the leadoff spot because they're in the two hole because that's where your shortstop plays. And he didn't want to move anyone else in a lineup. Like every other team in baseball moves guys up and down the lineup versus righties or lefties. Cleveland didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, I do agree. I mean, like I said, that's my number two, but they, they can't, they have to get a forward thinking manager. Um, it, it, they, they just have to, and that what can also help with, with bullpen usage. Um, so number three for me was the power. They, you know, they have to find a way to get some power in the lineup because it can't be, they can't be thirtieth again. It, it that just doesn't work. Having a bunch of guys who, and my caveat is power and walks. They need to go out and add, you know, frankly, a Nolan Jones, Will Benson type because part of the other problem is this team doesn't walk anywhere near enough. And then you know we spent the last two shows talking about BAPIP. I'm going to bring it up again. BAPIP is notoriously fickle. Like guys will have great years. Guys will like, like we said, Nolan Jones with the 400, that's not going to happen again, but it's fantastic. He had that great year at the same time when your whole team is contact guys, you have those up and down months and it can be havoc on your team. And they, they need, I, I guess in general, it's number three is diversifying the lineup. It can't all be the same hitter style. I, I, they, they're loading up with one type of hitter and that doesn't work. You need guys who walk, you need high contact guys. You need guys with power. They need to mix it up. It can't just be cookie cutter, cookie cutter, cookie cutter. I think that is part of the failure of the lineup right now. Yep. And walks help with bad aggression or yes. bad uh block. Yeah. Uh, that I, I could put that right up there with power shortage, power slash patience. Number five for me is have a plan for shortstop. And <clears throat> I think it's almost guaranteed that the next shortstop of this team, at least for 2024 and, and probably 2025, this shortstop is going to be internal whether that is Gabby Arias, whether it's Brian Rocchio, whether it's Andres Jimenez, whether it's, I don't know, Tyler Freeman, whatever. I think the shortstop is an internal thing. Go into the spring training having a plan, whether you think it's going to be Arias first, whether you're going to have a battle, whether you have a pecking order, whether you're going to move Jimenez to shortstop now, whatever that plan is, just have a plan going into, into spring training with how you're going to have shortstop play out in 2024. You can't go in there just, you know, we're going to have a battle and then we'll see how it happens. Like, no, you need to have a plan of where you want this to go. You can't just try guys out all year. They need to land on somebody. That's my number five. Um, for me at, at number five, because we talked about it, is to trade Shane Bieber. And this is, I know, a controversial hot take, but here's my view on Shane Bieber right now. And the reason I say you have to trade him is you can go into next season with him and maybe he's great. And then you just end the year and you get a draft pick. But two out of the last three years, he has missed more than half the year with injury. And if he you go through next year and you pay him $13 million and he pitches half the year, they're not going to offer him salary arbitration and you get nothing. So if he has a bad year next year, you go from getting some asset now to getting no asset in a year. And I would rat, we have done this too many times where we just kind of had that situation with someone like, you know, I mean, Michael Brantley had a great year in his walk year, and that was a very questionable decision to to not do it. But we've had other situations, you know, even to the degree, 
with Lindor, right? Like, you know, they probably should have moved on earlier. They waited too long and the value went away. Uh, they got good pieces relative. It just, it, they got value, but not the high value. So I think you have to, there's too much of a gamble with Bieber. I think you, you see what the best offers are. There will be offers because it's a very weak pitching market and you make that deal now because you can trust. I don't know if you can trust, but believing that you've got Quantrell and McKenzie in there, and then you kind of see what's around the fringes. See if there's some pitchers that could be a nice bounce back story. They've had some success with some scrap heap guys. Let, let's see who's available out there that again, you know, go, go target San Diego. I know Ruben is there and they're better about it now, but there are still other teams that are really, uh, really poor. Agreed. That's why number six, I have target or consider pitching depth. And I know you're talking about trading Shane Bieber away. And if they do that, uh, look, going in the next season, your pitching depth in AAA is Cody Morris, Joey Cantillo, Hunter Gaddis. You're hoping Daniel Espino at some point. Um, the pitching depth in AAA is kind of thin. I would like them to, I think they need to address that somehow to have a little more depth for next year because Morris and Cantillo both have injury track records. We don't really know what Morris's role even is. Um, and you can't have Gaddis and Cantillo as the only guys as your your fallback plan when somebody gets injured or something happens because pitchers get hurt. They miss starts, whether it's two or 10. And if you're going to trade Shane Bieber, that's even more complicated. But if you trade Shane Bieber, try to get back a guy who can help you in the rotation next year, whether that's triple a depth or the major league. So they need to address pitching depth somehow. Do you have yep. a six? Well, no, I'm just saying, I'm hoping that you get the depth and you get the earlier bit. Um, six is just, use some of those young guys for the pen. And do you think we need some reinforcements? Uh, give Alaman a chance out of camp. I don't think he makes the team, but have his name on a speed dial. And uh, yeah, Cade should, should be given a real chance to make this team next year. Um, you don't have anything else, right? That was your list. Do you have anything yeah, else? Yeah, pretty much my, my okay. list. I'm sure there's someone I forgot because I didn't write it down. It's from memory, but um, you know, those are kind I got of a my seven, eight. things. I got a 789, so I'll just hit him real quick. Yep. Uh, approach Tanner Bobby about an extension. I think he is going to finish second in the rookie of the year voting. So he's going to get a full year of service time. The guardians get nothing for that. So they need to approach him about a, uh, an extension because he's going to have leverage and they need to get that done, especially because you're not going to do it with Gavin Williams and you're probably not going to do it with Logan Allen anyway. So Bobby is the one you want to lock up. Uh, number eight, find a way to not punt backup catcher. Look, the backup catcher should only play once or twice a week. You've got David Fry, but the reason you want to have David Fry is because you don't want to have him tied to catching all the time. You want to be able to do other stuff with him. Find a way to not bring in another Cam Gallagher next year. Actually utilize that spot in your roster. I don't care who it is. You have to find somebody as the backup catcher who plays once or twice a week and is not the worst hitter in baseball, whether it's Austin Hedges or, or Cam Gallagher. I know Hedges is better than Gallagher, but don't punt backup catcher. Actually utilize the damn spot for a change. Number nine, balance the 40-man roster. And this is my lowest one because uh, the 40-man roster is going to fluctuate throughout the year. They've got other stuff they got to work on, and they're going to subtract guys. They're going to add guys, and this always changes throughout the season because of things happen. But uh, try to find a way to balance it. Right now, the 40-man roster is still so very uneven with all these middle infielders. Figure out a way to, to rebalance it so you've got yourself. Because right now, the only guy you can call from AAA for bullpen help is Tim Heron. Uh, Michael Kelly is still in the 40, so I guess there's him. Uh, maybe you'll add Cade Smith. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I think they will, but who knows? They don't really have a lot of options to call up and down for relief help throughout the year to get a fresh arm. So um, try to balance out that 40-man roster, whether it's over the offseason, going to spring training, whatever. That's what yeah, I mean. All sounds good to me. 
want to thank you for checking out. Tell us what your points are. If there's anything that we think, yeah, think we, missed, we need to discuss, let us know below. Uh, thank you for taking part, joining us on the show. And go, go, Guardians, go.